0: Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.
1: What's up? How are you guys feeling today? Monday. It's Monday. It's Monday. It's Monday. But
0: Monday. maybe you don't have a case of the Mondays because maybe you have today off. That would be nice. Yeah. I hope you still listen on your day off. I hope you do too. Keep it And routine. Saturdays and Sundays. Sundays,
1: every day of the week. Yeah,
0: because we're reading the Bible every day of the week. Every day. Every day. And we're back again today to read more of the scriptures. And we are in Job. Chapters twenty six, twenty seven, and twenty eight. Yep. And then we are in Acts chapter eleven today. So Job twenty six, twenty seven, and twenty eight. Let's do this. Well, Bill Dad just had his short uh, interlude where he said, "Hey, Job, you're a maggot." Um, and then chapter twenty six,
1: Job responds. Did you get any birthday cards that say "Happy Birthday, Maggot"? I didn't. Not I did yet. Okay, I'm still. I'm still hoping. Still waiting. Uh, you're alone in that hope. But you know, hey, no, I bet there's more than one of us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I will be sure to let everybody know if I get a birthday card that says that. Uh, Job responds and, and just ignores Bill. Dad. <laughs> like he's just like I'm. Okay, I'm done. Uh, it, <laughs> He says, how you have helped him who has no power, how you've saved the arm that has no strength. You've counseled him who has no wisdom. But really Job here in chapter 26 is focusing on exalting God's unfathomable power as the creator of all things and acknowledging that we cannot understand who he is. I think you get some of the coolest imagery in Job here in chapter 26, including God's response in the end when he says, where were you when? I mean, there's just some cool images here. Verse seven, he stretches out the north over the void, right? I mean, like again, we've, we've mentioned it a couple times. This is poetic and it's, it's interesting that it's poetic, right? Because Job is suffering right now. And yet he's recording this in, in a poetic form or fashion. And we were talking actually right before we hit record on this as to who the author of this book really was. And, and we don't fully true it's, Drew. Drew? Yeah, just a guy named Drew. Just Drew. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. if you're Drew out there and you wrote this book, let us know. No, but but we don't know for sure because the, the book doesn't say. Is it Job? Possibly. Was it somebody else? Uh, Solomon has been posited. Other people have been posited. We, we don't know, but... Um, but it's, it's just interesting that the poetic form here, the, the lyrical form that we find the the mourning and the grief of Job in. And he, he, he verse 7, though, that just the praise of God, he stretches out the north over the void, hangs the earth on nothing. He binds up the waters in his thick clouds. The cloud is not split open under them. He covers the face of the full moon, spreads over its clouds, inscribed a circle on the face of the earth, the boundary between light and darkness, pillars of heaven tremble and are astounded as root at his rebuke. I mean, Job is now worshiping God in chapter 26. Um and he's just acknowledging his power and just his his ways and I, verse 14 is is so cool. We only behold the outskirts of his ways. Right? The fringes of his garments are all we know of who he is. Um and just an amazing description
1: here. So, PPJ what what's Job doing in this chapter? Uh, it's He's coming off of Bill Dad's maggot, m- maggot birthday card thing, and now he's just talking about the grandeur of God. What do you think is the function and purpose of that kind of response where we are in this in the book of Job? I think it's
0: similar to, to David. When David, in the Psalms, as he's grieving, is he's, he's saying, God, where are you? How long, O oh Lord, must I go through what I'm going through? And then he has the moments of... of uh, of clarity where he reminds himself he says yet I will trust in you right he he calls the lord his stronghold he calls the lord his refuge he calls the lord um his his salvation and while job is not using those language uh, that that language here i i do think he's he's kind of g- coming back to the foundations of what he knows to be true about god here so that he doesn't run so far in his his grief that he loses sight of god's character in the midst of all of it
1: yeah i was wondering and that's a great answer i think that's that's entirely plausible. I wondered if Job was flexing on them to be like, you know what, guys, you talk about God's greatness and how uh, I'm just a maggot and a worm and all these things. But let me tell you, I I know God and who you talk about. I know even better than you do. Let me tell you about him. So I yeah i I struggle to kind of get a sense of what are you attempting to accomplish here job i, I want to, i want to track with his thinking and not just read what he's saying but kind of get a sense of what are you feeling in this moment yep. hard to know for sure but I think that 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 answer is helpful
0: and, and again just verse fourteen how small a whisper do we hear of him right i, I think of Isaiah six and when the prophet is brought in before the throne room of God and he beholds Jesus on the throne as he's beginning to, to describe the physical character of him and, and he can only get to the, the, the garment, the robe, and then he's he's undone, right? And yeah. it's even there. It's like even in the physical de- depiction of, of Jesus on the throne, that's that's all we get of it. And it's like, man, I wish I get, I wish I had more. And even as Job is describing the, the grandeur and majesty and power of God here, and he says, and this is just a whisper of him, the thunder of his power who can understand. It leaves you going, man, I, I wish I knew more of of this God.
1: That's why we read our Bibles.
0: Exactly. Yeah. we we'll yeah. no more. And we hope someday and we know someday we're going to see him face to face. Right. And how awesome is that going to be? Yeah. Uh, Chapter 27, uh, Job again comes back to asserting his innocence while calling for God to act against the truly wicked. Um, he comes back here and he says, far be it from me to say that you are right. He's responding again to the charges against him. He says, till I die, I will not put away my integrity from before me. I hold fast my righteousness and will not let it go. My heart does not reproach me for any of my days. So again, these are are bold statements from Job. I mean, he has lived a godly life and he's reflecting on that saying, I'm not going to throw that all away just to appease uh, his his friends here who are implying that he's done something deserving of the wrath of God.
1: Well, I think that one of the things I appreciated is he, he's talking about having a clear conscience. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's incredibly valuable. And, and I thought about when Paul says, look, I, 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 don't, I don't even judge myself. I'm not aware of anything against myself, but I'm not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. So I, I think Job's confessing, look, I don't have a guilty. What you guys are talking about doesn't resonate. I've searched my heart, I, I, I've I've looked on the inner person that I am, and I don't see anything to say, man, I, I'm deserving of all this response. So two quick thoughts. Number one, as you're counseling people, I would encourage you, whether it's your, your spouse or your kids or someone else, just be careful. I mean, ultimately... God has to bring to light the conviction of their soul, not you. You might be helpful and you might use the word of God to do that, but let, let the spirit do the do the working on them. Number two, what a good thing it is to have a clear conscience, to have to be able to go to bed at night and not be afraid of the IRS or to be afraid that you're going to get caught for something. But what a great thing it is to have a clear conscience that in the day of distress, when it comes, you'll be able to take comfort and shelter of what God has done in you.
0: Yeah, and 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 yeah, men dads out there especially model this for your kids and and remind your kids of of that right hold that out for them as something that's desirable don't just assume that they're going to naturally want to have a clear conscience i mean talk through these things with them and the benefits and the blessings that come with that and the peace that we we can have uh, when we have those uh, that rest and that confidence in our standing before the lord because of our our integrity our uprightness the second half of the chapter, verses 13 through 23, Job kind of lights into what is going to happen to the wicked people. And he says, look, in verse 14, if his children are multiplied, it's for the sword. If his descendants are multiplied, that it's so that they won't have enough bread. Um, whoever survives that, pestilence is going to bury. His widows do not weep for the loss of the husband there, right? They're rejoicing over that because he was a wicked man. Though he heap up silver like dust and pile up clothing like clay, it's not going to be enough it's not going to deliver him it's not going to satisfy and and really he's just exalting god's justice here in the end here saying justice will be done even in the midst of, of times where we can't find it chapter 28 then such a good cool chapter i love it yeah it's like a crescendo yeah he gets to 28 and and it's the the title in the ESV here you go pastor Rod. I'll okay. I'll give it to it all right here we it's go it's where is wisdom right and that's what he's focused on here he's saying man can find so many things and even at this point he's saying man has developed the the technology to do so much but he's saying but wisdom can only be found in one place and that's where he ends verse chapter 28 but he's he opens by talking about mining for precious materials he's saying we can find silver we can find gold you know we can dispel darkness with light he opens a shaft in a valley where from where any away from where anyone lives he's just saying uh, man can do so many good things and then he even talks about creation he says and then there's the bird of prey right the bird of prey has a path that that that, uh that that no one knows that the the falcon's eye has not seen it in other words think about the falcon's eye the falcon's eye can pick up a field mouse in the midst of a a, of a massive field and yet it can't find the way to wisdom Mm. the proud beast they haven't found it they haven't trodden it the lion has not found it and sought it out man puts his hand in other words it's not there verse 12 where can wisdom be found and where is the place of understanding and he's asking this and it's re- repetitive and he keeps saying it can't be found, it can't be found, it can't be found until verse 23, God understands the way to it. He knows. He knows its place. Mm. And in verse 28, if you're wondering, okay, so where is it? Job doesn't keep us in, res- in suspense. He says, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil, that is understanding.
1: Interesting. Sounds familiar. I've heard that before. Yeah. Once or twice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and in, in, in this is again, one of those situations where we're going, okay, if this is predating Abraham even potentially or even at least concurrent with Abraham that all of this is unfolding which is likely this sounds like Solomon this sounds like the book of Proverbs it does in not only the book of Proverbs but Solomon in Ecclesiastes as well where he says look at the end after all has been said and done is, is fear God and keep his commandments so is this just the, the spirit that's that's demonstrating that there's a unity of Scripture, that the, the same truth was true in Abraham's day as it was in Solomon's day? And That's and entirely possible. That's entirely possible? Yeah. Or is this evidence that a, 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 the author lived at a la- latter time and was aware of Solomon's writings and was was kind of applying that here? We don't know. I, I, I don't want you to be shaken and to think, oh, man, can I be confident in the Bible if it was written at a latter time? Yes. Yes, you can't. Yeah,
1: you, you waited too long on that, man. The suspense was killing me. I had to <laughs> answer.
0: Well, if they're listening on double speed, it wasn't that long. Okay, but yeah, the 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 preservation of the text, the oral tradition, everything else. Regardless, the the, the point is made here. Where's wisdom? And that's been the the, the theme of this book up until this point. Is not like, with his friends. Yeah, who's got wisdom?
1: Yeah, not them.
0: And and everybody is purporting. it. And even at times, we look at Job and go, "Okay, Job, I don't know that that you've got the wisdom fully at this point." Yeah. And this is the conclusion, though, that we need. The wisdom is the fear of the Lord, which isn't always going to involve the answers.
1: So tell me this then, because I, I read this and I wonder, all right, this is the crescendo. This is the highlight. Everything kind of pivots going forward. Why not Why not say, behold, the, the love of the Lord, that is wisdom, uh, or faith in the Lord, that is wisdom. Why is it the fear of the Lord? And how does that complement or help us to better understand what it means to turn away from evil? as understanding?
0: I, I think in this context, it's because of what the the issue is. And it's the the pride on everybody's part here to think that they know what God is doing. Hmm. And the, the fear of the Lord implies a humility before him that says, I, I fear him enough in a reverential way that I'm, I'm going to trust him even when I don't understand what's going on. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to believe that, that he is working his counsel together for, for good, even when I don't, I, I can't see that. And it's, I think that, that bound up in the, the fear of the Lord. And then the, the concept of turning away from evil is understanding, um, is, is again, built into that concept of the fear of the Lord that, that part of our sanctification is that healthy fear of, of God and of justice, which is a, another theme that we've been dealing with in this book is what does it look like for justice to be done? And, uh, and I think as, as Job is reflecting on his life saying, I'm, I've been innocent to this point.
1: I think a lot of that does come from the fact that he did have this healthy fear of the Lord. So some theologians have distinguished between servile fear and a filial fear. Uh, what this is not talking about is the kind of shaking like i'm I'm afraid to get wallops by God it's not I'm shaking my boots and I'm terrified um although job job does express some of that. it's a kind of filial fear which would be a fear that is born out of love for God, a, a fear that says I respect you and I trust you, and I know that you're powerful beyond measure, which is what job just d- does in chapter twenty seven so recognize that the kind of fear that you're seeing here is not a servile fear it's not a fear of punishment or necessarily a, a fear of being. A fear of dread, but a fear of respect, deference, Mm -hmm. a fear of devotion even.
0: Acts chapter 11, New Testament reading for our day. Let's do it. In Acts chapter 11, we've now finished up the the interaction between Peter and Cornelius. And now Peter comes back to the church uh, there in Jerusalem to to explain what happened to them. Uh, This is kind of a big deal. And in chapter 11, Luke, as he's recording, uh, is, is really helping us to continue to understand the spread of the early church, specifically with this focus on the spread to the Gentiles. And we see that in chapter 11, uh, the first part, as Peter goes back to the early church there. And there's this this group called the, the party of the circumcision.
1: And you may be going, what? What is that? That sounds fun. It doesn't, though. I don't you want don't, to go to that party. No, no. Well, I haven't been invited, but if I get one, I'm, I'm letting you know about it. <laughs> Anyway, so
0: he goes to the circumcision party, which there is what that is implying is this is a group of probably ultra conservative believing Jews at the time. And so they again, remember at this time, the the Jewish people were still gathering on the Temple Mount. They were still gathering under Solomon's portico. They were still basically saying we're Jews who found the Messiah. There wasn't the concept of were the, the church as something separate and distinct. They weren't calling themselves Christians foreshadowing of what's going to happen maybe in the second half of this chapter they were they were jews who had found the messiah and so when peter comes and saying hey the gentiles are in this thing they're skeptical and so I'm they they sure. they criticize peter for fellowshipping with a, a a gentile but then peter gives them a report of everything that happened including the vision of the the, the meat in the sheet and and then his encounter with Cornelius and everything else and afterwards, and he, he testifies to the fact that the Holy Spirit fell and they began speaking in tongues and those that were with Peter also supported that. And finally, the, the same group of Jews, Jewish believers come and say, okay, look, verse 17, if then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they saw that these things were true, they fell silent and glorified God saying then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to to life. O, repentance.
1: That are <laughs> just giving you a chance to speak on that bro you, you started going on dude it. we're
0: 15 minutes into this thing already
1: I, th- I don't think they care they're double speed triple speeding okay. some of
0: us here let's do this then let's take this on granted repentance given Ooh. repentance okay provocative there are, are two camps uh, there's multiple camps but there are two primary camps when it comes to salvation and the presentation of the gospel one camp says all you need to do is believe on Jesus Christ and you will be saved forgive your sins are forgiven that's it period end of story repentance doesn't need to be involved there's another camp that says no it's a, a call to Repent and believe, right? That's that's the call that we find issued throughout Scripture, in the New Testament, as it began with John the Baptist, went to Jesus, then the disciples, and then to the church. Repent and believe, and. Those in the, the the first camp would say, oh, well, you're adding works to salvation. You are adding the work of repentance as a necessary prerequisite to being saved. And I think here we see language that, that helps us understand what we're talking about here, that repentance and faith, repentance and believing are two heads of the same coin, two sides of the same coin that that are both a gift from God, That's that right. God grants repentance just like he grants faith. Right. And right. yet we can't say that it's unnecessary. It's, it is necessary. It's entirely part of the biblical pro- proclamation of the gospel, repent and believe. And so that's how we proclaim. And that's one of our distinctives as a church, a biblical gospel that involves issuing the call to repent and believe. What does it repentance mean? it's to turn right it's it's to turn from our sins it's it's literally from the 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 greek word as it's borrowed it's it's to do a 180 it was a military term stop marching in this direction turn and march in the other direction and so that's a change in lifestyle that's a change in behavior that's an altered direction of your life it's a full surrender to christ does that mean perfect sinlessness from that point forward no but it is that moment where we say, I'm an, I'm done living for myself, I'm turning, and now I'm living for Christ with everything that I have, and that's my full commitment here. And that's what God now is granting to the Gentiles. Was that so hard, Pastor PJ? No, it wasn't so hard, but- It only took you like a minute and a half. It's two minutes. It's elevator pitch repentance. There you go. Second half of chapter 11, big things are happening. It says in verse 19, now those who were scattered, because you remember, thanks to Saul, who's now- a follower of Jesus, but thanks to Saul's persecution and the persecution of just the the Jewish leaders in general, the church spread. And it says there that that some of them reached all the way as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. Antioch Antioch. Yeah, Syrian Antioch. Antioch was a big deal at the time. It was really kind of one of the third largest Cities or provinces there in that region, uh, I saw numbers anywhere from three hundred thousand to five hundred thousand people in the the region of Antioch there. So at the time, uh, it, it's a, a big city. There was a large population of, of Jewish people there as well, which would have made it a, a natural area for for people to to target for evangelism and uh, and so the church begins to take off there. It says in verse twenty one, a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report gets back to Jerusalem, so they send Barnabas. Barnabas is, is one of my favorite characters in the new Testament people in the new Testament because his, of his name, his son, his name means son of encouragement, which I just think is, is cool.
1: He's a dope dude, man. He's humble too.
0: He is, he is. And he comes and he sees what's going on and he rejoices and he goes back and he gives that report. And a great many of the people were added to the Lord in verse 24 so that Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. So he's like, okay, I need reinforcements. Mm. So Barnabas goes and gets Saul and brings him back to Antioch. And it says for a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And the Antioch in Antioch, here it is. The disciples were first called Christians. Wow. Why? Because the people recognize, well, these aren't the same as the Jews and they're proclaiming to follow the Christ, right? The Christos in Greek. And so we'll, call them Christ followers or tiny Christs, right? Little Christ. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're Christians. And so the, the Gentiles that the outsiders look at the, the church there and begin to give them this name of Christians. Chapter 11 ends with this prophecy from Agabus that uh, that there was going to be a famine in the days of uh, Claudius. And this did does take place. And the disciples then determine every one of them according to their ability to send relief. And they send it with Barnabas and Saul. And that will come into play in chapter 12.
1: To the elders, though. You see that in verse 30? There's already leadership at the church. Yes. In the form of eldership. Yes. Maybe we'll talk about that in a coming podcast.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a lot. That was a lot. It wasn't a whole lot. It was, I
1: mean, it was twenty minutes a lot,
0: but it, it well, it felt like a lot of material. All the way back in Job. Like do you remember being back in Job on this episode? It felt so long ago. It does.
1: But we was done. a young man at that point. <laughs>
0: We're done. We're thankful that you guys tuned in and joined us and, uh, man, repentance and faith. That's, that's the key. That's what we're after. That's what we're, we're here to do as the church is to go out with that message. And so I I pray and hope and trust that God will provide those opportunities for you even this week, maybe even today. So be looking for them and uh, pray that God will grant repentance and faith to those in your life who still need it. And we will catch you tomorrow for another episode of the daily Bible podcast. See y'all.